Good morning, Amokyo family. Thank you for joining us. For those who are new, currently we are preaching from the book of 1 Corinthians. Last week, Pastor Anthony spoke extensively on the need to rely on the Holy Spirit. He said, If we are not humble, holy, happy as Christians, perhaps we are not reliant on the Holy Spirit. Today, we will look at Paul's nagging towards the Corinth church in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for our hearts and minds to hear from you. Holy Spirit, reveal to us your truth and revelation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, COVID-19 will definitely cause the church to evolve in one way or another. We will not know how the new normal church will eventually look. Although we do not see how the church will look, we can still look to the Corinth church to learn lessons. Theodore Roosevelt once said, The more you know about the past, the better prepared you are for the future. Isn't that true? So what can the Corinth church teach us today? Well, in my study, the Corinth church can teach us to be a dietitian, a farmer and an engineer. Well, in this chapter, Paul tries to point out what the church, as in the body of Christ, is supposed to accomplish. These are the three points that I want to look at. First, a family and the goal is maturity. Second, a field and the goal is quantity. Third, the temple and the goal is quality. So let's start with the family, maturity. Paul already explained there are two kinds of people in the world, unsaved and safe. But now, he explained there are two kinds of safe people, mature and immature. Well, as mature Christians, we allow the Spirit to teach us and direct us by feeding on the Word. The immature Christians live for the things of the flesh and has little interest in the things of the Spirit. So what is a mature Christian? You can tell the mature Christian by his diet. Well, my nephew who stays with me grew from drinking milk to eating semi-solids and then and now to solids all in 10 months. Well, as he grows, he graduates from milk to solid to meat in what the Bible has said. So what's the difference between milk and meat? Well, the usual answer is that milk represents the easy things in the word, while meat means the hard doctrines. Well, Warren W. Wiseby, in his book, Discerning the Knowledge and God's Wisdom, disagree with the traditional explanation. Well, he explained that stating Hebrews 5, 10-14, the Hebrews passage seems to teach that milk represents what Jesus Christ did on earth, while meat concerns what he is doing now in heaven. The Hebrews writer wanted to teach his readers about the present heavenly priesthood of Jesus Christ, but his readers were so immature he could not do it. So back to my nephew who grew from drinking milk to eating meat, we associate maturity with time. Right, but, but that might not be true. The truth is that some adults or seniors are immature despite their old age because age 
does not equate to maturity. Now, some examples of immature adults in the world today are like not taking responsibility for your actions, needing to be the center of attention, not admitting when you are wrong, or being unaware of how you affect others. Now, we should not assume all adults are mature by age. Likewise, in our spiritual growth, being a Christian for a long time does not mean he or she is a mature Christian. So how does a mature Christian look? Well, a mature Christian, as I mentioned, allows the Spirit to teach and direct him or her to feed on the Word of God. The Word of God is our spiritual food. It can be milk in 1 Peter 2.2, bread in Matthew, meat in Hebrews, or even honey in Psalms 119. Just as the physical man needs a balanced diet to be healthy, our inner man needs a balanced diet of spiritual food. Well, if you are willing to grow in your spiritual walk, which Paul is asking from the Corinthians and also asking us to do so today, we need to ask ourselves honestly if we are eating a balanced diet. Now, how does our diet look? Well, for example, does it have the Word of God, service, worship, or the communion of believers in it? Do we lack in any areas? If it's the Word of God, would you consider joining the disciple program offered by our Discipleship and Nurture Ministry to grow in your understanding and discipline in reading God's Word? If it's service, will you inquire from our Christian Outreach and Social Concern Committee and Witness and Evangelism Committee? If it's the communion of believers, will you reach out to our sales ministry to find out more? That is because we need to take responsibility of our spiritual growth and spiritual diet to not be an immature Christian, but grow in our maturity through the Spirit. If I could challenge you to look at your spiritual diet and take 2021 to just focus on one aspect of it, what area would it be? Well, I pray that we will be mature Christians who practice love and seek to get along with others. Well, children like to disagree and fast, and children want to identify with heroes at times, whether sport heroes or television heroes. The babies in Corinthian were fighting over which preacher was the greatest. You know, got Paul, or Apollos, or Peter. It sounded like children in the playground, right? My father can fight better than you, your father. My father is stronger than your father. So may we grow from this immaturity to maturity through having a balanced spiritual diet. Well, having said that, let's move on to our second point, which is the field. And the goal is quantity. In verse 6, Paul said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service, you are God's field, God's building. You know, in the parable of the sower, Jesus compared the human heart to soil and God's word to seed. Paul took this individual image and made it into a collective. The local church is a field to bear fruit. 
the ministry then, the task is to sow the seed, cultivate the soil, water the plants, and harvest the fruit. So how does this image apply to the Corinth church problems? You know, they had many problems to start with. To start, Paul was emphasizing on that growth is on God and not on the laborers. Paul and Apollos were only servants who did their assigned tasks, but it was God who gave life to their efforts. Even the faith of the believers was a gift from God. So it's wrong for us and for them to center our attention on the servants. They should look instead to the Lord of the harvest, the source of all blessings. Let me bring to you three lessons we can learn from this image. First, there's diversity of ministry. As mentioned, one laborer plows the soil, another sows the seed, another enjoys the fruit of the harvest. Well, the emphasis on diversity will also show when Paul compares the church to a body with many different parts. Second is unity of purpose. No matter what work a person is doing for the Lord, he is, do, he is still part of the harvest. In verse 8, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. So technically, Paul, Apollos and Peter were not competing with each other. Instead, each was doing their assigned tasks under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Even though there is diversity in ministry, there is also unity of purpose and the Spirit. Well, third is the humility of spirit. It is not the human laborers who produce the harvest, but the Lord of the harvest. So God has ordained that we should be His ministers on earth, while effort apart from God's blessing would be fruitless. But God here wants to see an increase in His field. He wants to be faithful and produce the fruit of the Spirit. Holiness, giving, good works, etc. All these can be found in the Bible. Well, speaking of the fruit of the Spirit, a fruit in it has the seed to produce more fruit, right? Well, if the fruit of our ministry and our church is genuine, it will eventually produce more fruit to the glory of God. Amen? Let's move on to the third point, which is the temple. And the goal is quality. In verse 12, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay or straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Well, this passage usually describes the building of the Christian life. We all build on Christ, but some people use good materials, while others use poor materials. The kind of material you use determine the type of reward you will get. Well, God is concerned that we build with quality, right? The church does not belong to the preacher or the congregation. It is God's church. Since it is God's church, it must be built with quality and based on God's condition. Let me bring to you the first condition, which is to build on right foundation. And this foundation is on Jesus Christ. As mentioned by Paul when he came to Corinth, 
he was determined to preach only Christ and his crucifixion. And that foundation will last. Without Christ, all other foundation will fall. Well, the foundation is an essential part of the building because it determines the size, shape and strength for the rest of the building. Therefore, it is vital in our Christian walk and even in our church. The second condition that we must build with are the with right materials. As mentioned, gold, silver and precious stones are permanent, beautiful, valuable and hard to obtain. Whereas wood, hay and stubble are passing, temporary, ordinary, even ugly, cheap and easy to obtain. So what did Paul want um, to symbolize by using these materials as mentioned? Well, he's not talking about people because Christians are living stones that make up God's temple. This is found in 1 Peter 2.5. I believe Paul was referring to the doctrines of the Word of God. The Word is the food for the family, the seed for the field, and the temple materials. Well, Proverbs again present the Word of God as wisdom, as a treasure to be sought, protected, and invested in daily life. In Proverbs 8, 10 to 11, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. When the Corinth church was trying to build their church by man's wisdom, the wisdom of the world, when they should be depending on God's wisdom as found in the word. D.L. Moody used to say that converts should be weighed as well as counted. So God is actually interested in both quality and quantity. And Paul made it clear that it's possible to have both. It's also a serious thing to be part of the building of God's temple. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17, it warns us that if we destroy God's temple by using cheap material, God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. Now this does not mean eternal condemnation, as in verse 15 assures us that each worker will be saved, even if he loses a reward. I think Paul is saying that each of us builds into the church what we built into our own lives. Well, veteran missionary to India, Amy Carmichael, used to say, the work will never go deep, deeper than we have gone ourselves. Well, the work will never go deeper than we have gone ourselves. Well, third, we must really build according to the right plan. Philippians 2 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill His good purpose. So God has a specific plan for the lo each local church and each of us. We must seek the mind of Christ for his wisdom. And in verse 19, warns us that man's wisdom will trap him. And verse 20 warns that man's wisdom will lead only to vanity and 
futility. So we need to rely on Christ, the mind of Christ and not our own wisdom to seek out God's plan for us. And lastly, we need to build with the right motive. Uh, Verse 21 to 23, So then no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death, or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. Now the motive here is really clearly stated, which is the glory of God. The members of of the Corinth church were glorifying men, and that's wrong. Paul here closes the chapter with an appeal to point out that each believer possesses all things. Each one of God's servants, including you and me, belongs to each believer. No church member should say, I belong to Paul, or I support Peter, or I support this pastor, because each servant belongs to each member equally. Perhaps we cannot help but have our own personal preference regarding how different people minister in the church, but that should not be the reason for division in the church. So to end off, I want to reinstate these three points again. First, as a Christian family, our goal in is maturity through a healthy diet. As a farmer of God, our goal is to plow the land, sow the seed, cultivate the soil, water the plants and harvest the fruit. So work the ground, serve, reach out to other people, do what you know. Even if you don't, you can learn and you can grow in spiritual maturity. Lastly, we as the church is the temple and we need to have that strong foundation with the right materials, right motives to serve a a holy God. So will you consider growing with a healthy diet? Will you be a farmer to put in the work? Will you build God's temple based on God's condition? Let us pray. Father God, help us to grow spiritually. Help us to examine our lives if there are any areas where we lack, convict us to grow and have a balanced diet. May our lives be fed through the Word and Spirit. May we also be a farmer for your kingdom as we serve you in any capacity. Nothing is too small for you. May we not be discouraged when we plow the land, but not the harvest of the field. And may we also build the temple which is Amokyo Methodist Church with gold, silver and precious jewels so that we can all worship you and build with the right foundations. So may you come and minister to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.